Hey everybody! Welcome to another installment of My T-Sad Life. My name is Patrick. I'm the host of this Packer Fan Podcast. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, here it is, uh, August 16th, um, Wednesday night here. And we're uh, kind of in the middle of the week here. Happy Hump Day. Uh, excited to be talking a little bit with you before uh, the Packers have another preseason game coming up here, week two. Um, and I don't know, just a little, little different format here. We're in August, uh, mid-August. And um, I, don't, I don't mean like say different format officially, but just going to try a couple different things here tonight. So excited that you're listening. Um, as always, I have the website, mycheeseheadlife.com. And uh, you can reach me in an email with uh, the email address, info at mycheeseheadlife.com. Also, I have a Twitter account on X, uh, the website formerly known as Twitter, and uh, that handle is at Cheesehead Pod. I'm sorry, my Cheesehead Pod um, uh, on X. Yeah, sorry, a little pause there because I kind of get hung up thinking about the X versus Twitter thing. But anywho, again, uh, happy Hump Day. We got a few things to get to. We're going to talk about um, the NFL power rankings a little bit, or at least one article I found on that. Some player movement here recently in the last week or so. Uh, Packers preparing for a matchup with the Patriots this week, uh, this coming week, or I should say Friday coming up. And then, um, a couple other, you know, minor topics we'll get to. So again, a little bit of a, what I was kind of thinking be a little more like freestyling here. Uh, I have my normal kind of articles and things to get to, but you know, generally going to be a little more, maybe stream of consciousness, consciousness. We'll see. Um, I don't know if anybody ever watched that old show, (laughs) that old, but, uh, Pickers, I, when I say freestyling, it's kind of a little bit of a nod to that show because I always got a kick out of it when those guys, a um, couple guys like that driving around in their van uh, looking for, you know, gems and people's junk. And uh, every once in a while, if you remember, there'd be an episode where there are segment where they're like, yeah, we're, we're freestyling. <laughs> and then it always kind of made me laugh a little bit, those two guys in their vans freestyling. Um, so anyways, I kind of wanted to borrow that here a little bit this evening. Um, maybe be a little less... Uh, Formal than normal, not that it's super formal here at my Cheesehead Life, but um, again, just kind of free talking, freestyling, and and try to get through some topics. And with that, a um, couple of things that I did over the last few days, I wanted to touch on, um, you know, because we're not just a hundred percent limited to football and sports talk. Here is if you've ever thought about or if you enjoy garlic, I would highly recommend growing your own. Um, now I can't take credit for this sort of a, uh, ambition. I actually have a, a, a good friend, uh, who knows who he is. If he ever happens to listen, uh, that's kind of the, the expert on that. And he got some of us involved. I was, I don't know, maybe 10th, 12th down the line of garlic apostles, but, uh, yeah, it's really, really not that difficult. You know, garlic goes into so many recipes that it, it plants just like a re- regular bulb, um, you know, stick it in the ground upside down, like in October. And then, um, uh, kind of cover it up and then by july of the next year you'll see it pretty well sprouted and grown and you can harvest it let it sit out so anyways i worked on that garlic harvest a little bit uh the last few days i, I had it taken out uh, for a couple weeks and then um was working on cleaning it up and after it sits for a couple weeks it's kind of really fascinating or cool i would just kind of some of the dirt and grime just kind of slides off and then yeah it looks almost just like that garlic you find in the store and then the other thing related to the little bit of minor gardening I do that I wanted to share that was kind of fun. Um, and, and again, I mean, I'm not the innovator. This has been going on forever. I just did it for the first time. Um, was grilling some peppers just right on the grill. So I grow uh, just a couple of 
uh, jalapeno plants and you know nothing major uh, just some backyard gardening and um i thought uh, i always see like in the cooking shows they'll put those vegetables or peppers or something just kind of right on the griddle right on the grill over the flames of like the natural gas stove and um you know it's it's just you know a good way to give it some cook and flavor so anyways after years and years of seeing that i never really tried it and i picked a couple of my uh yeah that'd be right patrick picked a couple of peppers um <laughs> and uh put those on the grill right off the plant basically a couple of jalapenos with a bunch of chicken breasts uh that that i cut pretty thin and then on the grill it was just so cool like you got that nice aroma of like that jalapeno kind of floating around when you'd open up the lid so um anyways just put those on the plate and cut them up and ate them almost like a regular old veggie a little bit of spice there with the jalapenos and the seeds and whatnot but um that was pretty yummy so uh garlic and peppers a couple things you can just get right out of your own backyard and uh, have some fun with if you want so yeah there was um you know we'll get into the sports now uh, after after a little backyard garden talk there for the cheese heads but um <clears throat> some some big names signed and it was uh you know a couple guys we've been waiting on hearing about you know one first off you know it's kind of weird gonna be weird to see him in this uniform well i guess for both of them um but if you hadn't heard uh one more recent than the other uh dalvin cook agreed uh to play for the jets he's uh he's now a new york jet he um the former uh, minnesota viking running back had a you know pretty good start to his career there uh you know pretty explosive player but also battled a little bit of uh, injury issues and then um he's also you know i, I don't know if he'd say a fumbler but i think he's had a, a little bit of fumble troubles here and there um so anyways he he kind of priced himself out like we've seen a lot of running backs uh in the last few years but especially this off season um they're not really getting the big money like they used to or at least uh, at all really this year compared to other positions um, so yeah, you'll see Davin, Dalvin Cook in a Jets uniform behind uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers there, uh, maybe getting some handoffs, which, I mean, a little bit of a surprise. Some of the chatter I saw or, and or heard was uh, expected maybe to go to the Viking, um, the Vikings, uh, the, the Dolphins. Um, apparently, uh, Dalvin Cook is from that area, uh, southern Florida, and also um, Dolphins are a little more in need of maybe help at running back position. So it you know, like a lot of things where you see those players go, it just kind of made sense. Um, but I guess uh, some of the so-called experts were wrong and Cook will go to the Jets. Not like a huge surprise. He did have a visit there. And of course, Rogers being the guy, he is uh, willing to give money back to the program so they could, you know, sign guys. I'm not going to lie. It's starting to have a little bit of a dream team vibe. And I don't mean the ones that won the gold medal back in the 90s. Um, I mean, more like what was it Vince Young and the Eagles, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and they're signing some of the free agents. And um, I think he threw out that term that we were kind of going to be like the dream team. And, and that ended up being a major flop. Not, not saying the Jets will be a big flop. You know, obviously a guy like um, Rogers is a much different animal than a guy like Vince Young back then. Um, but still, you know, they're, they're really getting a lot of hype and sizzle. They're going in New York city about the Jets. Um, but it's a team that that's still, you know, has some questions on the offensive line. You know, you're you're taking on some guys like Alan Lazard and and Randall Cobb that didn't exactly set the world on fire here in uh, Green Bay area or Green Bay uh, Packer uniforms. But somehow, you know, now they're that much better apparently from some of the chatter you see around the Jets and stuff. These are you know big weapons for Rodgers. Blah blah blah. Um, 
Speaking of Rogers, actually, a couple of things, you know, going back a few weeks or mini camp, I think it was even back in May, um, you know, there's a, a scare there that Rogers had tweaked a calf. And if we recall, I, I think a few years back uh, in a Packers uniform, Rogers had a little bit of a bad leg or calf or he hurt his knee, I think that year. And then once the knee was better, but the calf kind of gave out and uh, kind of how those things work sometimes if you're compensating for an injury. Um, so I, I caught a little blip on the Twitter machine or X uh, today that it might have been yesterday mentioning uh, there was a little bit of a scare again with Rogers' calf, um, but it was his quote-unquote good calf. Um, now the the article or the write-up went on to say like he came back to practice and all seemed good, like he still worked on it and worked out, continued the drills. But interesting, right? I think you talk about. A guy that's about to be 40 years old, and, you know, I'm a bit older than that, so I, I can relate in terms of uh, calf muscle injuries. I, obviously not at all the same caliber of athlete, um, but still, you know, just amazing um, to to see that he's still out there competing, guys like Tom Brady, Rogers, but not surprising. And, and I've heard this, I think, I don't know if it was Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf, or some GM was famous for saying, like, you know, once the legs go, um, and, and that's, what's going to be interesting to see with Rogers these next year or two. Um, cause we've kind of seen it in the last couple of years, not, not quite the same mobility. Um, he's, he's having some, a little, sounds like some issues with his calves. Um, which again, to not, not knocking them, just kind of to be expected at that age. Um, so we'll see, have to keep an eye on that, but at least now he'll have another weapon in the backfield in, uh, Dalvin cook that he can hand off to. Again, that one was a little little bit unexpected because um, they also have a couple decent other running backs there. I know one at least for sure top ahead would be Brees Hall. Um, and and I, I believe the, their run game looked pretty good in their first preseason matchup. And that's where some of the speculation pushed towards Miami signing Cook because it seemed like, well, why would you take away carries from these you know running backs here that you already have and are doing a nice job? Um, so interesting to see Dalvin Cook to the Jets, another big personality. I mean, I've kind of liked Cook, but as a guy, a Packer fan, a cheesehead here, um, you know, he's gotten so much more attention than I think a really, you know, comparable, high-quality guy like Aaron Jones in a Packers uniform. Um, so I'm, I'm not always quite sure of, you know, why why one is is considered so much better. I mean, I guess the higher draft pick and all that stuff um, kind of ties into that, but you know, always been a pretty big Aaron jo- Aaron Jones fan here in Green Bay. Feels I feel like he should get more uh, exposure or publicity for being one of the top running backs in the league. Um, so we'll see how Delvin Cook does with the Jets. It'll be you know probably a, a backfield by committee there at this point with with some talent that they already have there, and then uh, Cook, and then also uh, another big name, same uh, position on the field, running back. Um, was Ezekiel Elliott to the Patriots. Um, so that's kind of interesting, right? Uh, kind of a big personality. You know, Ezekiel Elliott has had no shortage of headlines in his time at the, uh, at the Cowboys. Uh, you know, huge fan tra- franchise exposure there. Um, you know, celebrity status. But both of those guys, Dalvin Cook and Zeke Elliott, going to the AFC East. Um, so AFC East kind of loading up with talent. <laughs> Uh, that they already had a plenty. You got the Bills there. Jets are loading up or trying to make their push with Bill Belichick and the Patriots. You know, you can't ever really count them out because of his his uh, resume and um, uh, preparation as a coach. You know, there's still a bit of a question mark for the Patriots at quarterback. 
Um, but otherwise, and then the Dolphins playoff team, you know, some good pieces there too. Tua as a quarterback is a little up and down, uh, especially with the injury history he has regarding the uh, concussions. So anyways, uh, you'll see Zeke Elliott to the Patriots, who coincidentally, I heard this is how his uh, sequence went. Uh, those Patriots are in uh, Green Bay here uh, practicing with the Packers. So a Packers doing another joint practice um, with another team here. Uh, from the AFC uh, last week, they were in Cincinnati. However, this week it is in Green Bay. So yeah, Bill Belichick uh, and his group of uh, New England Patriots are are here in our lovely small town area of Green Bay, Wisconsin, uh, for a few nights ahead of the Friday night preseason game, doing the uh, practices. And anyways, uh, that was that was apparently what happened. Or I'd heard a, a segment on a radio where they described. Zeke was flying out to New England to sign the deal, and once that was complete, he was going to be on a private jet of the Patriots uh, to Green Bay to join him for practices. Now, obviously, you know, brand new to the system, highly unlikely. He's he's probably gonna, I wouldn't expect him to play at all Friday night, but still interesting. You know, have, have Ezekiel Elliott show up in Green Bay, Bill Belichick, you know, big time franchise, I mean, tons of history and seems like I'm hearing more of these joint practices taking place around the league even, and it just finally occurred to me. I'm wondering if since they've gone to one fewer preseason game in the last couple of years, if if this is a little bit way to get a little more exposure. I had heard some comments, and um, you know, if you think about it, when when you know, I'll, I'll have some of these in tweet beats, some of the highlights from practice today with the Patriots uh, that I'll talk about and then share on the on the tweet beat. And also a little plug for the website again, mycheeseheadlife.com. I have a blog section out there uh, called Cheese Curds, and you will find the articles that I talk about and tweets and some links and a little bit of summary of the show out on that uh, blog there if you wanted to go click on any of these articles or links yourselves. Um, but anyways, um, there, there's be some highlights from the practice today and it's kind of nice cause you get, you know, just a little bit extra exposure to other players, you know, ones versus ones, so to speak, where you're maybe not as concerned about injuring your own team. If you're doing ones versus ones and you know, you could lose two starters on one play with a wrong collision. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of neat to have the Patriots in town. Matt LaFleur had some comments about, you know, maybe even, you know, what it's like to have Bill Belichick around. So, you know, that. Can't certainly can't hurt the program. I'd say to to be getting some some reps against a team like the Patriots, and also you know just the history they have there, um, and then the culture of winning uh, from Bill Belichick. Now, of course, it's uh, a lot of the chicken or the egg discussion ever since Tom Brady left that um, the Patriots haven't been nearly as competitive while Brady went on to win a Super Bowl with the with uh, Tampa Bay, but um, still. Um, you know, Belichick, pretty highly respected individual. He's in Green Bay a couple nights ahead of that preseason game. And we'll see, uh, you know, how it goes there on Friday night for the Packers going against the Patriots. Not a lot of news yet on that, on maybe playing time for um, Jordan Love versus the, the other quarterbacks. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I, I would think Jordan Love would play at least a little bit just because he's still so raw and young. And, you know, maybe he gets more snaps next week as they're getting kind of closer to the regular season which coincidentally I believe I saw a thing that said like 25 days now to the regular season with a little image of Keyshawn Nixon there, number 25. So it's really coming up fast, getting excited uh, for that regular season opener. And um, so, yeah, and I don't think I mentioned, like I said, Friday night, Packers, uh, Patriots at Lambeau Field. It'll be a 7 p.m. game. And um, I was just looking online. There are some tickets available too. 
uh, at discounted prices. Uh, I think that's kind of a neat opportunity to get, you know, youngsters into the stadium at a discounted price. If you're looking for tickets, I'd gone on Ticketmaster just out of curiosity to, you know, make sure I knew what time the game was and just get a glimpse of uh, uh, seats available. Um, so, yeah, there's some tickets out there, too. And, you know, why not? New England, Belichick, Jordan Love, maybe. Um you know, speaking of quarterbacks, I'm going to kind of shift gears here a little bit um, back into the college program. I know this is a little bit out of order because we're going to jump back to the NFL a bit here. Um, but uh, I had mentioned in um, one of my earlier episodes about, you know, Mertz, Graham Mertz for the Badgers and Paul Chris getting fired uh, last season and, and just some excitement and anticipation around the Badger program and their new quarterback, Tyler Mordecai, is going to be the starter. Um, but as far as some of the headlines and, and, you know, nuggets or cheese curds of information, I like to pick up, uh, caught one here that says, uh, former Wisconsin quarterback, um, officially, uh, named the Florida starter. Um, so anyways, uh, Graham Mertz, our, our friend Graham Mertz is going to be, um, the, uh, official starting quarterback for, uh, Florida heading into this season, which is kind of crazy. Um, you know, he had a pretty up and down career at uh, Wisconsin, and I think it'll just be real fascinating to kind of see how that goes for him. Uh, being being in the SEC, you know, just a, a whole, I mean, I don't know why I say whole nother level of competition, because obviously the Big Ten is as is, is good as good, good can be for football. Um, but, you know, if you're going to say maybe there's a better conference than the SEC, I'm sorry, than the Big Ten, it'd be the SEC. Um, so, Interesting that, you know, such a big program like Florida where they, you know, have no shortage of, of getting top recruits um, that they would that they would be rolling into this season here with Graham Mertz. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling the article here. Um, <laughs> he had, uh, it says here, his last, uh, what ended up being his last pass or his last performance uh, ended up being 16 for 27, zero touchdowns and one interception in a depressing loss to Minnesota uh, that only seemed fitting. Uh, so this is off of uh, like a fan nation site through uh, sports illustrated uh, big 10 roundup. Looks like it's actually out of like a Indiana Hoosiers channel here. Uh, the writer being Daniel Ollinger, Ollinger. Um, but anyways, uh, he goes on to explain uh, how, how Mertz is set to be the starter um, that he had a, a combined record of 19, and 13, 19 wins, 13 losses in three seasons as a starter and failed to win the Big Ten West. Um, and then that he had didn't, he didn't play in one of their last games, that last game, the 2022 Guaranteed Rate Bowl. You know, that's a big-name bowl game, right, uh, over Oklahoma State where they had a win. Interesting to see some of the numbers here in three seasons as a starter, 5,400 roughly passing yards, 38 touchdowns, and also 26 interceptions. Um, so, I mean, a, a lot of interceptions, clearly, um, and, and not as many touchdowns as you'd like to see. So um, certainly keep a, keep one eye on the Florida Gators and our, and our old buddy there, Graham Mertz, to see how things go down there for him. You know, I'm not going to say, or, you know, again, I try to be nice or not harsh on these college players because they are our kids, but, 
you know, he was a guy that seemed a little more uh, interested in his brand. I remember when he was just getting so much notoriety for those first couple really good games he had. Uh, you know, he was talking about his image or his logo and, you know, having his brand ready and protected or something. So anyways, I don't know, just, you know, not the best vibe uh, for a kid when, when you hear that kind of stuff. And I was just a little bit, you know, hoping... You don't want to see a guy just talk about doing whatever it takes to win, uh, right? Not not just kind of whatever the, uh, you know, protect the brand already at that that stage of his career. So so it'll be interesting to keep an eye on Mertz, certainly uh, going forward there at, at Florida and, and competing in the SEC while while also rooting for my uh, super favorite Badgers. Love the Badgers. Um, so anyways, uh, jumping back into the NFL talk, or I should say more specifically our, uh, our favorite team here, the Packers. Um, I just want to mention or continue to talk about a few of the rookies, um, things that I'm hearing about, um, on the radio here locally. Uh, you get some good snippets of people that get to go to practice and kind of watch it on a, on a, on a closer eye. I kind of feel like I had a good Wisconsin practice, uh, comment there. Um, sometimes the accent, now that I'm listening to my own podcast at times, uh, I can really pick up my own Wisconsin accent, which is fun. Uh, reminds me like when, uh, when, uh, who's it? The guy, Kevin Harlan says Packers, you know, he's a great announcer. Love Kevin Harlan on the radio. I'm sorry. And TV. And, um, I, I think he's one of my favorite announcers, but boy, when he does Packer games, it's hard not to hear him say Packers and the Packers have it on, uh, you know, the 35 yard line. But anyway, uh, trying to avoid distraction there but kind of got caught up on same practice um so some of the rookies that are making some headlines uh we'll just start with the one that's you know been in the headlines pretty much the whole time is carrington valentine talked about him last time and um right off the bat here coming off of uh, a great uh preseason performance friday last friday against cincinnati now uh, a lot of local headlines or news here about uh, him finishing practice i want to say it was sunday with um or it could have been monday don't know the day for sure regardless um the noteworthy kind of play of the day coming out of practice was uh, K- uh carrington valentine stepping in front of an out throw apparently from um jordan love and just you know p- perfect timing jumping the route and then pick pick six like 80 yards i guess um so no joke there it wasn't you know like a fluke uh he stepped in front of it and took it all the way down so a long long play there and and you know local radio and comments uh articles whatnot everything is saying that this kid continues to be very impressive uh i guess one of the sports writers was asking coach you know how are you going to get him on the field uh and, and here he is this is a seventh round pick so you know if, if you can get a seventh round pick that sticks to your roster you know that's considered all right um, and you know, this guy, Carrington Valentine sounds like he could be pushing for serious playing time, continues to be making plays in practice. Um, so excited about that. Um, there, he's got all the dimensions you'd like, and for whatever reason was a seventh rounder and he continues to do well. Uh, found a funny write up. If you notice, I'm, um, Malik Heath, that, um, some interesting, uh, insight about the team and the operation. He's a wide receiver rookie, um, late round pick, I believe, or might've even been undrafted. Um, but he's uh, this headline kind of caught my attention when it said he is ready to be um, Matt Lafleur's new uh, goon, and uh, that's G O O N goon. And um, so, come to find out, uh, the Packers have kind of a, a good. I did the Kevin Harlan thing. Packers, 
um, have a good, you know, track record, at least in you know recent years, many years of me watching them here. As I'd like to say, the guy, I'll just take a second here to, to shout out a guy that I think, you know, set a lot of this precedent going back years now has been Donald Driver. Um, he was also, I believe, a seventh round pick out of Elkhorn State. You know, nobody really knew about him, his name, for a couple of years on the roster. Next thing you know, he's getting throws from Favre because of injuries and he's like catching everything. You know, I'm, and then, you know, we all know Driver goes on to have like this really nice career for the Packers, you know, lovely person, just big smile, right? One of the all-time great, most fun, likable Packers. But I, I also think one thing he doesn't get enough credit for, Donald Driver, is how he just kind of set the tone. Because, you know, a good four years, maybe five years, he was the guy in that wide receiver room. He was kind of our number one receiver. They would try to maybe draft or, you know, position a guy that could take over that had a better skill set or, you know, better measurables like a Robert Ferguson or something. Um, but for a few years there, nobody could really, you know, outdo Donald Driver in terms of production and and just being a, a good receiver. And he was a do-everything guy. He was always so grateful. If I recall, I think he was like a world-class track athlete at, at college. Um, so even though he wasn't, you know, the biggest stature as a receiver, um, tremendous athlete and a guy that was a willing blocker you know just all around good guy and i think at least in my book the packers haven't had any trouble with what you'd call diva wide receivers since uh donald driver a lot of us will remember a guy like javon walker he was probably the number one example diva receiver the packers have ever had or at least in recent history um and so that that was kind of a a sore spot for Packers. They 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 had spent a, a high pick on a guy finally, and he was showing a ton of promise. And then he kind of went the way of the diva. Um, you know, we've had a couple other guys, you know, but I wouldn't say they're official divas. It was more of just by the time their contract came around, um, maybe they got a little salty, got a little too big for their britches. But I think diva would be a strong word for a guy like Greg Jennings or something that, you know, they they think they're still gonna you know have that production elsewhere. But sometimes it's just a good fit. But anyways. Um, you know, just, uh, I want to, you know, be grateful to Donald driver. Cause I think ever since he, he played, you know, 10, 12 years in a Packer uniform and, and just set such a great precedent in that receiver room. Cause you know, you guys, um, that might've come along and, and that continues to overlap would have been maybe guys like Devonte Adams when he was a rookie and then Jordy Nelson would have picked it up from him and so on and so forth. Um, so the Packers being pretty fortunate to have such a nice lineage of, quality individuals playing the wide receiver position and i think a lot of that is thanks to uh, donald driver setting that example um so you know one guy that could be um maybe next up in that line is uh, malik heath um now it does say here undrafted rookie um so you know even a taller hill to climb than donald driver as a seventh rounder um, but he had a nice nice job on Friday. He's been making some headlines in general. I know in one play in, in particular when he made a catch, it, you could just jump it jumped out the way he came back to the ball. And that's one thing that's really aggravating when you watch young receivers. Um, they might just kind of sit there and wait for that ball to come to them. And that's that that always allows time for the defender to maybe come from behind or over the shoulder and knock it away. But when the receiver can, you know, make that stop and then start trailing back towards the quarterback as the ball's in the air, I mean, obviously it closes that distance, catch it with your hands, and, and it makes it more difficult for the defender. So he had one of those where it just looked real nice that he was, you know, coming back to the ball. And then he kind of made some headlines by blocking a guy out of bounds. And, um, you know, just a tremendous effort. 
uh, pushing and pushing on a running play where Sean Clifford ran it around the left end. Um, and then uh, I got a I got an article here that'll go on the the blog where you see some good uh, uh, footage of the all twenty two where Malik locks up with his guy right away, pushes him, pushes him, and then what happened is actually the the defender got so frustrated if he didn't see it on uh, last Friday he he kind of took a swing or shove at Malik Heath and that resulted in a penalty and, and essentially got him another fifteen yards so. Anyways, uh, this article talks about uh, Malik wants to be the goon, and that's you know kind of what the undrafted rookie might need to do. You know, any of those guys, it's whatever you can do to contribute, to stand out, um, to earn that spot on the roster. It's kind of exciting to just see. You know, when you start making plays, you think about it. You know, there's probably out of a you know 53 roughly man roster, it always changes who who's up or down, and some of the inactives. So let's just say it's the old 53. There's probably a good 45 to 48 spots pretty well taken. Um, so that's what's a bit interesting about preseason is, or at least for football guys like me, where or you try to find what makes it fun is the fact that, you know, there's probably 10, 12 guys battling for four or five spots. Um, and this was the kind of stuff that was essentially a reality show before there was reality shows. Nobody was giving out roses at training camp, of course. Um, but that's kind of the idea as you do the cut downs and stuff. Um, as we go forward here, they'll eventually have to trim the roster and you'll start to see it take shape of, you know, what guys are staying and what guys are going. And then, you know, when you have injuries or and stuff like that can be affected of who, who, who stays or goes. So, a uh, guy like Malik Heath, undrafted rookie, uh, making some plays already. And then it says here, 6'2", 213 pounds. So he's got good size. He's out of Ole Miss. Uh, we'll see if he makes the roster. But uh, there's a lot of good competition at receiver suddenly. I don't know. It's weird. Like a year or two ago, Packers never have any weapons for Rodgers. Um, you know, but here it just feels like, you know, just a couple years later, they've done a nice job of adding all this young talent all the way, you know, Watson, Dobbs, Toure looks solid as probably your number three. Um, and then it'll be a battle between like guys like, um, Malik Heath and others to see who rounds out the last, you know, two, three of those, um, wide receiver spots and might keep five, six wide receivers. So, uh, nice job by Malik Heath. Uh, he's got some good, uh, competition out there that we'll keep an eye on and, and see how the roster shakes out a little bit here going forward. And again, they, they're throwing out that term goon. I guess that's a thing from the wide receiver room going back to Alan Lazard, who is, who is known for his, his blocking abilities and his willingness to be physical. Love Alan Lazard in that regard. A little bit of a rap for him too, even there. Um, but I'm just not in love with all the hype that he's getting as like, Oh, he's this big free agent. I feel like they overpaid for him at the jets. Good for them. Good for Alan Lazard. But I really don't mind that he's not a Packer. he, he had a big opportunity last year to be the number one guy, um, but apparently he just stayed with Gooden status and, you know, continued to contribute as a blocker and made some plays here and there. But uh, with, with, with everybody looking at him as your new number one and Rogers, you know, that's his guy. Uh, they didn't really get that chemistry or magic going, but apparently somehow that's going to work out in uh, New York. So we'll keep an eye on Malik Heath and we'll get off that Jets topic here. Um, but just uh, looking to see who becomes that new goon uh, now that Alan Lazard's uh, no longer a Packer. All right, so that was some good news in terms of the, the rookies. Now we'll get to the bad news. Uh, our guy Anders has not been doing so hot in practice, according to some of the news. Um, so we'll have to continue to keep an eye on that. little concerned. I hope they have Mason Crosby on speed dial. And or I hope this is one of those examples where... You know, one guy just doesn't really have it in camp, but somehow it clicks when the season starts. 
because there's reports today that he's continued to miss a couple field goals in practice. And one example today, they said there was a nice little two-minute drill. Packer offense did pretty much everything they could to move the ball. And then they got to about a 40-yard field goal, which is, uh, you know, very makeable, reasonable distance, should be anyways, for any NFL kicker. And uh, our guy Anders uh, was wide right, which is what we had seen in preseason there. And that's everything they've been saying in uh, camp so far is everything. If he, if he misses, well, if, it sounds like he misses a fair amount, it's uh, wide right. So uh, might need to keep it, uh, Mason Crosby on speed dial. I haven't checked the tweets too much or the X, stuff on X. Um, I, I don't think the Crosby's sold their home around here. They've lived here like forever, but um, I don't know. It's a big concern going into a season. I mean, shoot, even if you miss extra points, you know, luckily the Packers, even if Mason had rough games with field goals, he was pretty automatic on extra points for the last, you know, handful of years that it's gone to that longer distance. So anyways, we got to keep an eye on our buddy Anders Carls in there and we'll, we'll see how that goes um, as we get into the year. But uh, I sure as heck hope that, you know, they know what they're doing at the kicker position there in Green Bay. Um, so, and as we're kind of winding down here, like I said, a little bit, wanted to kind of be a little more freestyle today. Uh, I noticed the previous couple episodes were pushing an hour, if not more. Uh, so I, I, I want to try to self edit and not sure if I want to keep out, um, uh, keep, keep you for an hour. Um, unless, unless you really want to, you know, have something to fall asleep to. But anywho, I uh, got kind of an initial version of power rankings that I thought would be kind of fun to take a look at. Now, uh, I'll admit the timing on this was, uh, it looks like here August 8th. So this would have been ahead of any real official preseason action. Uh, the hall of fame game might've been done by then. Um, but we'll just kind of rattle through some of these and then we'll pause it on a couple other ones. Um, so, of course, no real big surprise. We're starting 1-2, Chiefs-Eagles. Um, although, yeah, I mean, that again, I, that's not where I'm hesitating because those were the Super Bowl teams. No reason to think they're not still 1-2 there. Um, where I started to hesitate right away is um, we get into number three already, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I understand that they've been really good the last couple of years, but, I mean, are, is their quarterback situation solved at all? Um, you know, so... Plenty of credit to their past couple years with with iffy quarterbacks and still being real competitive, but I I just I believe their luck has got to run out at some point. Uh, Trey Lance has still been I guess iffy in practice. Purdy's coming off the injury, and then Sam Darnold uh, is uh, you know now already on his second team. So to me, pretty iffy call there to put the Niners ahead of a team like number four Bengals, number five Bills. Um, and, uh, let me, let me call out who, who's coming up with this. This is Eric Edholm. This is off of NFL.com. I thought it'd be, well, let's go to kind of the horse's mouth, so to speak, in the NFL site, um, or the site of the shield and, and check out their rankings. So, like I said, kind of questionable to have those Niners ahead of the Bengals, Bills, and then we're getting into another questionable one, Cowboys at six. Um, you know, they have some talent, certainly, but they sure as heck don't have any track record of uh, winning playoff games. Baltimore Ravens, seven. Jets at eight. Jets at eight. And I'm sure there's probably maybe a fun play on it there because I believe Aaron Rodgers is now wearing number eight. But um, so that's a little bit uh, high for me. And uh, Dolphins at nine. Jags at 10. Lions at 11. Yeah, that's kind of pushing it. 
only because you see the Chargers behind them. So again, Lions kind of being up there without making playoffs, and but you know, Chargers are right on the cusp every year. Uh, Browns 13, Seahawks 14, Saints 15. So this I find interesting, and I I don't necessarily dispute this because I think the the Vikings, you know, most of us understand they they caught some breaks or at least won all them really doggone close games last year. Um, so at least in this this initial review from August 8th, uh, Vikings at 16 in the power rankings, and I think that's pretty fair, uh, to be honest. And then Falcons 17, that one I have a little bit of trouble with. Um, not much going on at the quarterback position there, and um, rookie running back Bijan Robinson was a top pick. You don't see a lot of uh, running backs picked that high, um, so Falcons are up there ahead of a team that made the playoffs last year giants 18 steelers 19 probably pretty fair um patriots 20 broncos 21 and now we'll get to our packers so look i don't know i guess that's probably fair with Jer jordan love um being so uh, unproven i guess if i was a titans fan i'd be frustrated because they have the packers out of the titans at 23 little uncertain about the broncos and how crummy they looked last year being at 21 ahead of the packers but it's mostly just for fun. I'm not going to lose any sleep over these uh, slots they have. But Commanders 24, Bears 25, I think is probably about right compared to how much the Bears think of themselves. Um, Carolina Panthers 26, Colts 27, probably makes sense. Uh, fresh, like a, a rookie quarterback, Rams, you know, they're they're in uh, total teardown mode with no draft picks after winning that Super Bowl a few, few years back. So 28, Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, our friend Devontae Adams over there at number 29. So I'm wondering how he's feeling about that trade when you removed uh, Rodgers and the Jets uh, with the Jets now. Uh, his his buddy um, Derek Carr is now with the Saints. And, um, you know, I uh, really like Devontae Adams. Seems like a great guy, great receiver, obviously. And he's sitting at number 29 with the Las Vegas Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo as his quarterback now. Uh, 30 Buccaneers, we'll see how big our Mayfield is as a QB for them. 31 Texans is probably pretty fair. Rookie quarterback had a tough year for them last year. They're a little bit low on talent, but they loaded up on some draft picks this year. And then last but certainly least, um, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, seems like they're in kind of a mess as a franchise. Unsure about Kyler Murray can return. I think he had tore his knee again or something late last year. Uh, front office might be a little messy there too so that's a rundown of the of the power rankings uh relatively quickly i don't know i'll read those every week that's a lot of well it's 32 teams Patrick. yeah that is 32 teams to mention um so that's our power rankings i don't know uh, we got into uh, a couple of our tweets here i think i think we're just about ready to wrap it up with a little bit of our tweet beat and a check-in on the brewers um so let's do our quick brewer check-in here let's see how they're doing all right, in the standings here, eight, August 16th, Brewers, looks like we've got about 100 and, boy, I'm not really great at this quick math. I'm going to just say maybe 120 games in. 65-55, they're still in first place ever since I started this podcast, so maybe maybe there's some good juju there. Um, they're three and a half games ahead of the Cubs and Reds, so that's been kind of hovering the same the last uh, week or so here, two and a half, three and a half games up. Looks like they lost their most re recent game. I heard a comment um, on the radio that said maybe they kind of blew a game last night, um, you know, meaning losing a late lead. Uh, so they've lost one. Cubs have lost two in a row. Reds have lost their last one. Um, in their last ten, Brewers are six and four. Cubs five and five, and Reds continue to struggle at three and seven. 
Uh, those Cardinals, since I called them out a, a, an episode or two ago about being in last place, they've, they've gotten a little bit of a mini hot streak on their three wins. They are now out of last place by a half game. Ahead. No, no, they're now ahead of the Pirates. Um, so they've won three in a row. They're six and four in their last ten, four and, uh, where the Pirates are four and six. So a little bit of movement there at the bottom of the division, but otherwise the Brewers still uh, sit on top uh, with a little bit of comfort in a three-and-a-half game lead uh, as we're halfway through August. So nice job, Brewers. So, yeah, we'll kind of wind it down here on uh, this Wednesday edition of My Cheesehead Life, a Packer fan podcast. Again, my name is Patrick. Thanks uh, so much for listening. Uh, reminder, I have that website, mycheeseheadlife.com. There's a blog out there called Cheese Curds where I'll post some of the links and, and items that I talk about here today. Um, so you can take a, a look at it in your own eyes or your own view. And um, I have a, a Twitter account at mycheeseheadpod. Uh, on the X, the website formerly known as Twitter. And um, also you can email me, info at mycheeseheadlife.com. So thanks. Uh, uh, take a look at TweetBeat, uh, the, the tweets that are on X. Once again, the website formerly known as Twitter. Um, there's, a, there's a good highlight here, this joint practice going on. This is from the one I'll retweet and then I'll have a link to is uh, the GBP Daily, Rob Westerman. Um, there's a bomb... Well, not that kind of bomb of football, like a long pass that goes to uh, Watson. So a uh, nice play, Jordan Love. If you if you take a close look, you'll kind of see on the right hand of the screen of the highlight, Love is in the slot. Uh, looks like he's kind of running a deep post and gets behind the defense, and Love hits him just nicely in stride. And I think I heard some radio commentary about this play this afternoon, maybe 70, 75-yard type touchdown. So... Good to see. I mean, amazing to see that kind of action. Uh, Watson just certainly seems like a tough cover for anybody with that speed. I'm going to keep fingers, toes, legs, everything crossed that he, you know, has a nice injury-free opportunity here to see what he does all year. Um, so I'll get that highlight out there. Nice, nice job at the joint practice. So again, you know, a lot of these plays are going against New England, who, you know, known for having a good defense or, you know, good schemes and uh, what I would think would be their number ones. And then uh, another one here, Aaron Angler, guy that does a lot of Packer coverage. And I, I actually said this, I think, to my wife when we watched it live. Was um, there's a scene if you ever watch this show that I believe it was on Netflix called Peaky Blinders, and they're supposed to have like a meeting with gangs. And now this is not a a safer work or whatever they call it. There's a lot of naughty language in this clip, but it's funny as heck when you see what he says. So Aaron Nagler t- tweets that clip, and I'll, I'll share it just again. Why not retweet it from his, um, you know, about if they talk about whether or not they'll fight at these joint practices. Um, and like I said, I remember when I saw this live or when my wife and I were watching it, I said, I, bet, I wonder if this is what they say when, these, when you know, they have joint practices in the NFL. <laughs> so kind of fun to see that, see uh, Aaron Nagler have the same thought on that too. So I'll tweet that one out there and have that on the blog site. Um, and then I think there's one other item I saw that kind of caught my eye here as we do my uh, uh, little scroll through the, the Twitter. Sorry for the scroll of the sound of the, the mouse or the mice there. Oh yeah, this is one I had heard about too. Um, and so I'll get this this highlight out there. Um, it's from Hog. Uh, that's the the screen name and the handle is Hog NFL. And uh, Packers red zone jet sweep to rookie tight end Luke Musgrave. Um, so yeah, I heard our local guys Chris Havel and um, Marcus Eversall talking about this, and then now I'm catching the highlight here. 
um, those guys are on the fan and uh, the local radio. And so it's coincidental to see it on the Twitter or X is that, um, yeah, it was mentioned this guy at Musgrave, this tight end is so fast, but he's also like 6'5", 240 pounds. Um, and, and apparently they're not, uh, well, they are exploring the idea of him taking like a handoff. It looks like actually a little quick pitch, you know, uh, love is in the shotgun. Uh, they'll send uh, Musgrave in motion here and then he just kind of flicks it to him uh, running across the formation as a, like a jet sweep for your 6'5", 240 pound tight end. But I keep just hearing how fast this guy is. And there was honestly a mention, you know, and I can't really cite this, so just trust me, but there was a mention that he could be the fastest guy in the team, they're saying. Um, and I find that a little bit hard to believe with guys like Christian Watson and, you know, maybe even Jair Alexander out there. Um, but still kind of crazy to, you know, just appreciate that that uh, that athletic ability and then also um, what the Packers can do with it. So, um, yeah, I'll retweet some of those uh, from my Cheesehead Pod uh, Twitter account or X account and then also uh, copy some of those links to the blog on Cheese Curd. So I just want to thank you again for um, listening to the show here. Um Again, a little, hopefully a little bit shorter episode to keep you keep you on the go. My name is Patrick. This has been my Cheesehead Life, and this is the Packer Fan Podcast. I'm uh, excited to have you here with me. We're going into the Friday night. Looking forward to a Packer game against uh, New England Patriots. We'll have a lot of action probably around the league and the NFL as more uh, roster moves take place. And we'll look forward to talking to you, talking at you again. Uh, once again, thanks for listening, and uh, remember, mycheeseheadlife.com. Have a good night.